the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He was the nephew of Caleb, and he was the first judge that God used to bring Israel out of bondage after they fell back into sin. We're exploring the book of Judges next, here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. As you spend time in God's Word, you begin to see patterns that God has intentionally laid out for us. One of those patterns can be found here in the book of Judges. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. As he takes us through this marvelous book of Judges, we get a clear look at God's design and intent for salvation and how it plays out in redemptive history. Othniel is the judge we're focused in on today. Message simply entitled, A Bride, A Business, A Battle, A Blessing. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Look with me at Psalm 128. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. I've got a little time with you. I want you to uh, capture as we're dealing. Remember, the model we're laying out is that uh, Othniel is a savior, deliverer, judge motif of the New Testament model of being married, of having children, of him and his wife getting along great, of them having the capacity because they're walking in the will of God of expanding their kingdom, uh, their domain, and that domain being blessed. This is how it's described in Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord and that walks in his ways. We know that to be true, don't we? All right, verse two. Hear this, for you shall eat the labor of your hands. That means you got to work. You want to eat? You got to work. No vagabonds in the kingdom of God. No pilfering in the kingdom of God. We all have gifts. We just got to identify our gifts, implement our gifts, and wait for God to bless those gifts. Am I making sense? There's no such thing as a slothful son that God honors. We're all called to be diligent. The diligent will bear rule. The sluggard will be under tribute. That's why my country is going down right now. And it shall be well with you. Happy is he that is such, and it shall be well with you. Look at verse 3. Verse 3, your wife shall be as a fruitful vine. Do you see that? By the sides of your house. Does anybody understand what that means? First of all, a bunch of children. Do y'all see that? Because the vines is flowing out. Are they flowing out? Y'all understand? Do y'all see the pictures? Running all up on the side of the house and the fences and everywhere. Leaves and fruit. Do you see what I'm saying, sis? All over the place. That's the woman. That's the cultivating labor of the wife around the house. The house just not concrete and glass windows. We got plants everywhere because they represent organic life. They represent the touch of a woman. Does that make some sense? And God says, I'm going to bless that so that it spreads. And so that when people come from afar... They see not only your estate, 
but the glory of both that which we have seen in the scriptures as that which is physical and that which is organic. Do you know the temple of the living God is filled with trees, filled with vines, filled with fruit? Because that's the metaphor, heavenly things in conjunction with the organic elements of life. That is the hypostasis. That is the word made flesh. That is the true and the living God taking on our nature and amplifying it by his grace. All these are typical of how when we're doing the will of God right, God blesses us with that neo-creation motif or imagery of the Garden of Eden. That's why the last chapter in the book of Revelation, trees everywhere, fruit everywhere. Y'all got that? Read it for yourself, Psalm 91. They shall still be bearing fruit in old age. David says in Psalm 58, I'm like a green olive tree. Where? In the house of our God. Understand the conflation of that solid material building, but it's overlaid with the beauty of foliage and plants and organic things. Am I making some sense? Carry both of them. In other words, on the one hand, make some money, but do the right thing with it. Make some money, but don't have this big old building that may be beautiful, but ain't what a plant here, plant there. Girl, what if y'all end up in a famine? What if y'all end up in inflation? You should be able to eat that stuff around your house. That's going to come home in a minute. You're supposed to be able to eat that stuff. Right now, me and Barb in the back, working on the tomatoes, working on the charge. You understand? Charge, right? I want to, I got a big old backyard. I want to do a bunch of stuff. But see, I have to shoot some deer and shoot some possum because they can't wait till I plant stuff. <laughs> Poom! So that's why I'm working on my arrows right now because it's a little bit more quieter. I'm, I'm just saying, you understand that it's always a fight? Do you understand it's a, always a fight? Even if you just want to plant plants, you got to fight something. That's what happened in the curse. But our sister... She shall be like a fruitful vine on the sides of your house, and your children shall be like what? Olive plants round about your table. This is about cultivating. This is about nurturing. This is about developing the life and the attitude and the gifting and all that of your family. Y'all get that? So the metaphor is conflated because we're human beings, but here we are called vine trees and and olive trees, and all that requires cultivation, does it not? This man got a good woman, don't y'all think? He's got a good woman. Let's go through the other verses. I still got time with you. Verse four. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that fears the Lord. I sum up that Othniel feared God and God gave him a good woman. And between this good man and this good woman, they can establish a model of home governance, self-governance that sets him up now to be a leader in God's church. Did that come home? This is true, saints. This is true. We've been fighting this battle for, again, 26 years this month in April. We're in May now. 26 years we've been fighting this battle of trying to be a biblical church when it comes to leadership in the church because our world is jacked up. See, when we get to the king here, Kushan, when we get to him, Rashtham, he is uh, he actually represents the tyranny of our whole world system. It's coming here in a moment. And so what does God do? He has to raise up a godly model that represents New Testament truth. That is a picture of the last covenant, Christ and the church, as the model of governance over against a system that wants to destroy that model. See, the church 
itself, according to Ephesians 3, 9, is the revelation of the manifold wisdom of God to the world. The church is to model holistically, comprehensively, everything that God is calling the world to be. Did y'all get that? Right. So we call it this, just in case you guys don't understand, because you can read your Bible and you can have a bunch of Bible verses. You can learn a doctrine here and a doctrine there. But if you don't understand what Paul meant in Acts 20, that he taught the Ephesians the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation as a framework for understanding the will of God in every sphere of life without understanding what we call the whole counsel of God, you will not have a biblical worldview that can handle the challenges that are coming to you out of all of these sectors in life. You're, I, I'm going to give you one metaphor and I'm going back. You may be a believer, maybe not. But if you're a believer, you don't have on the whole armor. You don't have all the apparatus. You don't have all the weaponry of the word of God, the total word of God, to deal with who God is, to deal with who man is, to deal with who woman is, to deal with what marriage is, to deal with what it means to be a child, to deal with what it means to be a family, to deal with what it means to be a tribe or a nation. God has the answer to all that. And the job of the Christian is to speak this biblical worldview into the culture so the lights can get cut on in the midst of this darkness. And the fight that you're fighting, child of God, because you came up out of those dark systems, is to be transformed into the image of God's son. You, your wife, and your children, and hopefully your children's children. Your job is not done just because you're saved. Do you understand what I just stated? It's a fight of faith because it's a work of grace for God's glory that we have to engage in. We forgot that, Brother Willie. We forgot that in this nation. And as a consequence, the church has begun to rot from the inside out. And the enemy has come in and destroyed these pillars that are essential to the witness of God in the world. Am I making some sense? All right, we got to go on to our next point. All right, let's go on to our next point. Because our sister got down. She, she operates for us out of uh, two subpoints: the cultivation of the home, which obviously requires the rain from heaven. You can read in your own time, Psalm 104, verses 10 through 15, God commands the rain to come down, blesses the mountains, runs into the springs, into the rivers, and he feeds every living creature. What a great picture of the work of the Holy Ghost. Do y'all see that? Point number three a battle to engage, a battle to engage in chapter three, verse 10. Look at it now because we're there. I'm going to pick this up and and, and tag this a little bit. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him, who, Othni, and he judged Israel and went out to war. Do you guys see that? All right, so let's, let's capture a couple of things. Every leader, whether it's an individual man, a married man, a man in secular leadership and authority and power running a business, whatever that case may be, and specifically a man in the church. You need the Spirit of God to execute your office. You are guaranteed to fail without God. You cannot be the man that you are being called to be by yourself. 
You cannot do it without God. While as yet you think you can, you're nothing but an empty suit, a paper tiger. You are an image without substance. You are a fod, a facade projecting an image. It has no reality behind it because the reality behind it is the consequence of your relationship with the one true and living God. He has to make you be what he has called you to be. Am I making some sense? So for my brothers, if you wake up in the morning and realize you are a child of God, that means you need help. You need Christ. You need his spirit. You need to walk in fellowship with him. You cannot be the man that you are called to be by yourself. And if you're walking around googly eyes talking about getting married, you better hurry up and stop. And think about what kind of man you must be to marry a woman that you want to have so that both of y'all can become the witness that God is calling in order for this world to actually go through a whole nother cultivation process of new seed. If we're going to seed the ground of this society with, with, with men and women that believe God, it's going to happen in the model of men and women understanding who they are in God and then understanding how, who they can be together and then producing the fruit that God is calling for so that good seed can be sown into the ground because if good seed is sown, we're going to get good fruit. If bad seed is sown, it's going to be bad fruit. I'm sorry, that's the way it goes. And I shouldn't even have to argue this because it's obvious everywhere that while men slept, an enemy has sown evil seed. And this is where you are and this is where I am. And this is why I'm glad that God raised up Othniel as the first model judge. I'm glad. Because see, from down, going on down here, this is about funky faith. From here on out, it's about funky faith. Okay, right here is your model. You hold on to your model because the rest of it is just people getting in on boards and planks. I'm just trying to help you now. And so we have point number three, a battle engaged. We need the spirit of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God is not in word only. It's in power. First Corinthians chapter 420, pull it up. Make sure you understand which is what Paul had to deal with once once the church at Corinth had gotten wise in its own eyes, which is what Judges chapter one says, if you read it through, Judges chapter two, actually, Judges chapter two, you'll read it through. You know what the text says? When Israel became strong, that's when it started departing from God. You'll read it for yourself, okay? When they became strong, and they became strong in their own eyes, At that point, they became wise in their own eyes and they decided not to destroy their foes, but to try to make them slaves. When God said, you got to destroy them. Did y'all get that? But see, they were so strong after winning three or four battles. Ah, I don't need to put that thing away. Ah, I don't need to mortify that thing. No, I can keep it in a cage. No, you can't. Because I can tell you what I told you last week. Snares are hidden and snares are obvious. And if you try to keep that enemy in the cage in a little while, you're going to be in the cage with that enemy. And that's exactly what happened to Israel. Am I making some sense? 
You have to be clear on who you are, what you're called to be, what your domain is, and what kind of fight you need to fight in order to maintain the DNA that was deposited in you by the decree and election and calling of God. This is where Israel is ruining it because the book of Judges is all about what God had warned in Deuteronomy 7. Do not marry their children. And don't let their children marry you. Because once you enter into these syncretistic affinities, they are going to take your faith away from God. You're going to worship idols. This is where we are in our nation. This is where we are in our nation. We have bought into secularism. We have bought into paganism. Almost all of the pillars of our existence are controlled by antichrist ideologies, even down to our education. We have let our kids be educated by this king. Now this king is taking over our world and we don't know what to do with it. Am I making some sense? For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in what? That's dunamis, dunamis. Dunamis. That means the, the qualified grace that God gives you by the Spirit of God to wage war against all evil. That's what Paul is doing in this context. Guess what Father Paul is doing? Because he's the father of that church. He's bringing a rod to deal with all of the heresies that are coming into the church at Corinth. Y'all got that? Paul don't mind coming in and cutting down all the weeds. And, and the reason why is because he feels responsible for that church as a father of that church. They didn't woke up one day losing their mind like teenagers do. You ain't my daddy. And they didn't brought in other men and they called them their fathers. And Paul said, no, these are not your fathers. I am your father. I'm the one that God used to bring you to birth, to bring you to identity. All these are teachers. They're not your fathers. He says, I'm coming because y'all puffed up. And you can, you can tell me which one you want because I'm coming. That's how daddy comes. And I told y'all, that's how daddy comes. I'm coming. And I'm coming with the rod. Which way you want it? Is that right? Is that the way he put it? I, you can get the rod or you can get love. What that means is before daddy show up, kick all of those knuckleheads out the house. Clean the house up. Cook his best food. So when y'all sit down and talk, you just bob your head and say, you're right, daddy, daddy, you're right. You, you, you're right, daddy, you're right. And that's what the spirit of God is saying to us now because the rod is already here. The rod is already on us. The rod is already working because we have done exactly what the children of Israel has done. Look at it yourself. Going back to Judges chapter one, verse five. Judges chapter three, verse five. Judges three, five. Judges three, five. Got you for a little bit. We're almost done. Listen to it. Judges 3, 5. And the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Stay there. And the children of Israel dwelt among Canaan, Hittite, Amorite, Perizzite, Hivite, and Jebusites. You guys got that? They dwelt comfortably among them. They dwelt, it was comfortable. Why? They had, they had collaborated conditions of comfort. Predicated upon compromise. Predicated upon compromise. Now, all of a sudden, they're not seeing the idol gods the way that God sees the idol gods. Now, all of a sudden, they're not seeing the, the promiscuous behavior, behavior of these Canaanites the way that God sees it. You see, they had lost 
clarity of their identity. I'm making some sense, am I? Notice what it says. Israel dwelt among them. Notice verse 6. Here it is. And they took their daughters to be their wives. See it? And gave their daughters to their sons and served their gods. Saints, Moses did all he could in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy to warn them, don't do that. Now, you know what keeps coming in my mind? This is what keeps coming in my mind. I'm going to just let you into PJ's thoughts. Because the scriptures don't give you any kind of description of these indigenous gods so as to cause you to stumble. Because some of us are no different than the children of Israel. If you had a description of these gods, you might be drawn into them. I've got a feeling that the worship of Jehovah was so simplistic and transcendent that it didn't have the carnal appeal of the pagan gods of the land. I got a feeling that the pagan gods of the land were shaped and formed as images that had a greater capacity to tug you at your emotion, at your senses, at your carnal passions than the worship of the one true and the living God. I just got a sense that they were shaped and framed as snares to catch you and me if we would look at them in some prolonged way. Just stay on them and observe them and recognize that they are more like us than God is like us. And so over time, you begin to internally embrace them and that creates alienation. Because the Lord already told us, you cannot have two masters. You're going to love the one and hate the other. Are you going to hold to the one? And despise the other. No man can worship two gods. And so over time, Israel got comfortable with the worship of these pagan gods. And notice what the next verse says. Verse 7. Here it is. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. What was that evil, Lord? They forgot the Lord their God. That does not mean they woke up with amnesia. That means they intentionally woke up to abandon God, to abandon his word, to abandon his truth, to abandon his authority in their life. They literally intentionally lived as if God didn't exist. The temple is to the right, they go to the left. The temple is up the hill, they go down into the groves. They forgot the Lord intentionally. Am I making some sense? That's exactly what the text is telling us and hence Here it goes. They are now going to find themselves engaged in a trap. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Here it is. Judges chapter 3, verse 8. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. See it? And he sold them. All right, might as well get it. And he sold them. Now, see, what this is, is in their freedom... They engaged in whoredom, in their freedom. So their freedoms actually became their fetters. Their freedom became their fetters because their free choice to engage in spiritual whoredom, they were under the delusion that they can go back and forth anytime they wanted to. This is the delusion that we fall into when we get trapped into addictions. We think we can control it. But in reality, it's gradually controlling us. 
so that freedom became their fetters. That's the way Psalm 105 puts it. They were bound in fetters and irons. This is exactly what we mean by God warning in chapter one. There'll be snares. They will snare you. Now, the reason they're snared now is because God backed up and sold them. Now, we we don't even want to stay there. We don't even want to go there. Because, see, this is exactly what Romans chapter 1, verse 19 through 26 was teaching. Right? Because when they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. They paid lip service to him. See, when you glorify God as God, you glorify him as the true and living God. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.